Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. is your number one source for all your betting needs get the latest odds lines and matchup reports for baseball boxing golf and more bet online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wagers including live betting in your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action remember to use promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online where the game starts. All right, folks, this is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California Sports Lawyer Podcast. As always, a pleasure to be with you, and thank you for making us the number one sports law podcast uh, in the world for three years running now. So this week, we have a special episode. This is uh, episode 24 of season five. And uh, just a terrific opportunity to um, uh, really highlight Michael Jordan, uh, but also to discuss a uh, recent uh, business deal that he made in terms of selling the uh, uh, Charlotte uh, Hornets uh, NBA franchise and talking about how that process went, a little bit of history there, and then getting into potentially what, uh, what uh, MJ might get into uh, going forward. Uh, with 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 a, a look at some potential opportunities that uh, that he could be looking at. So it is interesting because I believe Michael Jordan is, I want to say, uh, probably about is he? I think he might be about sixty now. Um, yeah, he's exactly sixty years old. Uh, turned sixty uh, in February, but. Um, he has made some terrific investments in business, uh, has clearly, um, you know, really done some great work uh, when it comes to his investments. And and if anything, if anybody remembers the Be Like Mike commercial, uh, the Gatorade commercial, I wrote a column about this as well. And uh, there's a link to uh, the a YouTube video on that. You can obviously look that up as well, um, you know, if you just Google it. But uh, anyways, a great commercial. Um, really iconic in many ways. Uh, but uh, Jordan was like that way anyway. I feel like a lot of the things he did were pretty iconic and his work ethic and the things that he did for his teammates and, um, you know, how he drove his teammates to, um, you know, to success. He made folks better around him. Now, that being said, Jordan would be the first one to tell you that uh, he sort of had issues when it came to uh, expectations for people. And this became especially true as an owner of an NBA franchise because sometimes he would sort of see talent, want to appreciate talent, want to draft that certain talent and try to build a franchise, um, you know, uh, a, a winning franchise. And unfortunately in Jordan's, you know, I think it was 14 plus years uh, as owner of, uh, of that franchise, um, you know, had, 
did not have much success uh, in terms of uh, winning record or making the playoffs or um, or in winning a championship for that franchise. So I think in one sense, it's nice to see Michael kind of walk away, uh, make some money off the deal, uh, significant, a significant amount of money, which we'll get into. But um, I think, you know, it, it'll be sort of interesting to see where Michael goes from here uh, in terms of what he invests in. I mean, it's sad that he wasn't able to win a championship there, but again, he'd be the first to tell you that um, it's hard when you're either coaching or you're in the ownership side or the front office side and um, you're no longer a player because you don't have that effect on the court. Uh, and, and it does take, um, you know, it's, it, it's a different skill set. And um, I think, you know, Michael did say that had he gotten the number one pick in the draft uh, this year to get the French superstar, um, you know, things might have been different. He would have stuck around. But I also think Michael had had a series of bad luck. Um, and it's pretty hard to take a franchise that doesn't bring in, you know, it's not in a large market. It's not in Los Angeles. You know, it's not in New York. Um, you know, and even though you're, you know, generally because they weren't winning many ball games, maybe uh, towards the top of uh, of the draft in terms of who you're bringing in, but you know, a draft can be a bust. You know, you can, you know, and Jordan was proof of that, in the sense that you know he had two guys ahead of him that were drafted, which you know most folks wouldn't even be able to recall who those players were. Um, and of course, you know, you got the Tom Brady story, which of course he's drafted in the sixth round, 199th pick. Um, you know, there's tons of stories that way where you have players who, yes, do you have, you know, guys who are drafted in, in many sports that are higher up in, in the draft order, but, um, and then they are successful if sure, you know, I've, I've definitely, we've seen that happen. But uh, I think again, Michael is one of these guys that there was a lot of, you know, two teams at least that passed on him. Didn't know if he was a proven commodity, even though he had, you know, won a uh, national championship with the uh, North Carolina Tar Heels in college and uh, had been very successful uh, and in many ways had a similar NCAA career uh, to uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird. Um, but, you know, I, again, I think that's sort of just the way things work out. But uh, anyway, back to Michael, sort of had this iconic uh, Gatorade commercial. And, of course, the recent film Air with um, uh, Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, where Affleck plays uh, Phil Knight, the uh, CEO and founder of Nike. Um, and then uh, Matt Damon plays uh, Sonny Vaccaro, who was the shoe guy. Um, I, iconic personality, uh, in, you know, in himself, uh, by the way. I think there's been a documentary done on him. I think ESPN did a 30 for 30 on him. Just an iconic individual. But anyway, to the movie, the plot sort of recalls this story. And this is kind of the basis of today's podcast is recalls a story of Michael and his parents really pushing Nike and Nike, uh, Nike pushing themselves to broker a really a never seen before shoe deal um, that gave Michael, or in other words, uh, his other name, uh, his airness, um, basically a flat fee of five hundred thousand dollars a year. Plus this, and this was significant, a five percent um, of uh, the Jordan brand earnings every year. And this was not just the shoes that were sold, but all of Jordan's. Um, so all of the merchandise, right? So not just shoes, but everything. And I think Jordan and his, um, his mother Dolores and the family really saw the potential here 
uh, as did his agent, uh, David Falk. And um, I think they really were able to change the industry in many ways. Uh, now, by the way, this same deal was offered to Magic Johnson, um, and he's been quoted as saying it's probably one of the biggest mistakes he's ever made. It probably would have gotten him about $5 billion in his career, uh, which, by the way, is far more money than any of these guys um, have ever made in the NBA. So the money that Michael Jordan's made off the court uh, and um, after and or around his career uh, is far more significant. So this deal that he brokered, which was the first at its time, and, and, and frankly, Nike had to broker this deal. They were a distant third in the NBA and really in the shoe business in general um, behind Converse and Adidas. It, Converse, who I think, was number one at the time. Uh, Nike now owns Converse. So talk about a, a, a change of, um, of course and reversal and, and of fate. You know, Michael really changed the Nike brand forever. And now you have iconic guys like Jeter and, um, and other athletes who have taken on the Jordan brand. And uh, now schools are taking on the Jordan brand, including the University of Florida and UCLA. Uh, just really big names. But you got to put yourself in the context of where Michael was at. He really wanted to sign with Adidas. Um, even though uh, uh, Magic Johnson and Larry Bird had signed with Converse, he didn't want to be like this sort of third wheel. And that's what he kind of looked at that as, even though Converse was trying to create this big three with these uh, sort of iconic three names in basketball with Johnson and Bird and uh, Jordan. But, you know, I think Jordan really wanted to, to develop his own pathway. And uh, it was something that was instilled in him from a young age as to, um, you know, outworking the competition. You know, Michael is somebody that would never be outworked. And, and I think that's one thing that everybody enjoyed about him growing up is, you know, it was, you never questioned the effort. And uh, it was, it was inspirational in that way. Um, you never questioned him on the basketball court, you know, in terms of the effort that he was going to put in. So Converse wanted to create this big three. Jordan didn't see it that way. Jordan sort of felt that, you know, um, I want to create something new. That's why I wanted to go with Adidas. But Adidas really couldn't offer what Nike was offering because Nike was this sort of distant third. They were able to offer more in, a, in, in many ways uh, this sort of uh, residual or this sort of percentage of earnings, um, you know, or sales that, um, you know, really I don't think Adidas or Converse would have offered. They And they clearly they didn't offer it. Uh, there was no way they were going to match that. Uh, so they brokered the deal, and the rest is history. Now, to give you some context to how important this deal was, um, you know, they created this Jordan brand with Nike, um, which is now just a completely separate division uh, under Nike. And, and in many ways, Jordan as itself, yeah, it's seen as a Nike product, but really it's its own thing. Uh, when anybody sort of talks about Jordan's, Yes, Nike is sort of the overall thing, but they're not thinking about Nike. They're thinking about, you know, Jordan as a brand, right? So they brokered this deal back in the uh, uh, early 1980s, and uh, Jordan reached billionaire status by 2014. Uh, to bring that into context, he makes well over $200 million a year from the Jordan brand, and that's just for the 5%. Uh, and now, of course, the Jordan brand goes well beyond basketball, touches multiple athletes and multiple sports and universities. And as I mentioned earlier, 
Magic Johnson and a couple of the shows that came out recently. There was uh, um, Winning Time on HBO, which of course was not a show that was endorsed by um, uh, and or really appreciated by Magic. Um, but then also there were some other shows that Magic had sort of did put his personal touch on and and blessing on. And in each of those, it was clearly displayed and Magic himself has been quoted as saying that passing on the Nike deal because the Nike deal was also offered to him but he turned it down and uh, magic has been quoted as saying it was probably the biggest mistake of his uh, business career. Now, that being said, magic has clearly made great business decisions and is now a minority owner um, with the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, for major league baseball, Los Angeles sparks for WNBA LAFC uh, for MLS. And now most recently uh, with the Washington commanders of the NFL. So a really big, really diversified portfolio. And in many ways, I kind of look at Sha Shaquille O'Neal uh, as well when comparing to, to Magic Johnson here, just an individual who has made, you know, made good money in their career, had success on the floor, won some championships, uh, but has also had a great diversified portfolio in terms of investments. Um, you know, he owns Forever 21. Uh, he also owns the uh, Mail Monroe IP and estate. Uh, or at least the um, uh, the IP uh, in terms of uh, in the estate uh, for Marilyn uh, Monroe, so able to make money off those products. So just very very interesting, um, you know, and and very uh, intentional um, and very uh, impressive in terms of what these these athletes have been able to do. So uh, now, of course, Michael originally purchased the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, for which was originally the Bobcats um, for $275 million in 2010 as the majority owner. Uh, he was, to my knowledge, the first uh, ever former athlete to be the majority owner of one of the big five, um, you know, professional franchises. When I say big five, I'm talking about NBA, Major League Baseball, NHL, MLS, and the National Football League. He's the first one ever that I know of. And I think even still to this day is the first one. Other other folks might own my minority ownership stakes, but he's the first to be the majority owner of an entire team, which goes to show you how much success that he's had uh, and, and the success of that Nike deal that he brokered to create the Jordan brand. So he purchased the team for $275 million, and he just sold his majority ownership stake to a couple minority owners in the organization already for $3 billion. Uh, now, he will still retain, Michael will still retain a minority ownership stake in the franchise, and he'll still be involved with basketball operations and some front office uh, decision-making. And who knows, maybe as he takes this this team through this next draft, um, you know, here in the coming weeks, you know, maybe, uh, you know, it changes things around. Maybe with the pressure taken off of not being the owner, the sort of majority owner of the franchise, hey, you know, who knows? I mean, I'd love to see some success there. And I'm sure Michael would too. Um, you know, look, I think most most folks would agree that Michael would remember it as the greatest of all time in basketball. Although he's been quoted as, you know, he would never claim that title himself, um, you know, which I think is appreciated. Uh, you know, I, th I think he's obviously a great basketball player, but it's, you know, humility is a good thing as well. And, um, but again, I think, as I mentioned, he's the first former player I know of to become an owner and one of the big five professional sports leagues in America. Um, and again, the $3 billion sale uh, is is more than double and a half his current net worth of um, 
of $2 billion. So, um, you know, really kind of a, uh, an, an interesting, you know, um, really a sale in the sense that it's amazing he was able to um, uh, to buy the franchise for two turn seventy five million and then turn around and sell it for three billion, which really kind of highlights what we talked about last week, which is sort of this growth of sports and new leagues and investment in in franchises. It's just really been fantastic and uh, goes to show sort of Michael's um, you know prowess and um, and and competitiveness really. Uh, and I would also say that you know I think it's pretty fair to say Michael now projects to have a net worth of about five billion dollars. Um, and is by far uh, the wealthiest professional athlete of all time. So all that being said, where does it lead now? Well, on the one hand, uh, Michael does own a majority uh, ownership over a NASCAR racing team. Um, this is um, uh, this is the team, uh, I think it's 2321. and uh, which is sort of interesting because it's it's driven by the number 23 car of Bubba Wallace, number 45 car of uh, Tyler Reddick, which of course are both the former numbers of Michael Jordan. 23 prior to him leaving, go play baseball. And then 45 when he came back before he switched back over. Um, and if I recall correctly, I think he got fined for coming back. And then I think wearing 23 for a period of time, which is goes back to also uh, Nike paying for the fines that Jordan uh, would have to take when he wore the first pair of Jordan shoes because the color, uh, the color sort of selection in the shoe did not match the NBA's regulations at the time. And a lot of these leagues will have regulations as to what you can wear and just to have some sense of formality and, and consistency. But Nike paid the five thousand dollars per game uh, for that, just so. And of course, it ended up being a huge hit. Fans loved it. Uh, they were great shoes and iconic shoes, really. Right. And now, of course, you have this whole shoe industry. People collect shoes. Um, really, sort of, really, it's a, it's it's become a huge business. Collectors' items and uh, special editions and all that. So, now I, I sort of see this as well. Jordan's going to continue along with the NASCAR. Continue to see where that grows. Obviously, um, you know he he. I think he has a home in North Carolina. Um, a lot of these, I think, you know, really North Carolina is, um, you know, the headquarters in many ways of NASCAR. Um, so he'll continue that business, I assume. Uh, but he's also got a great fondness for Formula One. And there's been a great sort of growth there of Formula One when it comes down to um, uh, Lewis Hamilton and and uh, racing in general. So uh, it'll be interesting to see how this plays out and trying to get Lewis Hamilton on the Jordan brand and uh, whether there might be some synergy there. I know that recently uh, the CEO of F1 uh, as a series has said that there's been people who have, have approached some of the F1 racing teams, asking them to, you know, if they wanted to buy out and were offering billions of dollars, but they have uh, so far sort of held off. But I could definitely see Michael getting involved in this. Um, we'll see. I think there's an entrance fee of $200 million uh, to get involved in an ownership group if the, those sort of investment doors were ever opened. Um, which, by the way, is you know, um, seventy-five million dollars less uh, than the cost of uh, Michael's original investment in the Charlotte Hornets franchise. So we'll sort of see. So I think uh, racing might be one. Uh, continued investment in NASCAR, potentially moving into Formula One. 
especially with the growth of Formula One and moving more into the United States, now with this race that's going to be occurring in uh, Las Vegas, potential looking at other cities. The growth in the United States has been phenomenal. Um, and a lot of people point to the Netflix series Drive to Survive. The next thing that I think is some serious potential is uh, Major League Baseball and uh, the National Hockey League. Jordan has shown an appreciation for both of those sports. Um, and uh, if you look sort of currently, the look at the market, Washington Nationals are rumored to be for sale uh, by the Lerner family, uh, valued about $2.5 billion. Clearly, the sale price would be above that, probably over a billion. Uh, or sorry, uh, three billion would be my guess, but we'll sort of see, maybe around the two point seven to three billion dollar mark. Uh, obviously, Jordan's got a is you know, um, got a home in the North Carolina area, and um, of course, once played for the Washington Wizards, uh, so he's got a connection to D.C. and sort of the East Coast that way. Um, you know, obviously, he had that connection with the Wizards after his sort of illustrious career with the Chicago Bulls and the NBA. Now, of course, Michael always, uh, also famously left the NBA during the prime of his basketball career uh, to start a baseball career, uh, working his way through the Chicago White Sox uh, minor league system, uh, following the tragic loss of his father uh, to fulfill his father's dream of playing professional baseball. Uh, Michael did have some success, uh, but um, not uh, enough to make it to the big leagues. But uh, as Terry Francona, his manager at the time, would go on to say, you know, had Michael had another thousand at bats, I think he would have made it. And I think that too, Michael was a competitor, but I think going into it in your thirties, um, it's just difficult, you know, um, it's a difficult sport. Anybody would tell you that. And, um, you know, I think going into it that late, uh, would have been a challenge, particularly, thankfully Jordan came back and won three more championships. Um, in the two years that he left, I think, uh, the Rockets won with Kim Olajuwon in that group would have been great to see, um, you know, Michael play uh, against the Houston Rockets uh, with those teams. I just, I think we've been in some iconic series, but that being said, um, didn't happen. Uh, and uh, it sort of history is what it is, but uh, I think he's got a passion for the game. There's no clear, there's, there's, there's no doubt about that. I think that's clear. Um, he's also has an interest in national, the national hockey league. And actually there's some history there. He tried to make an investment in the past. Uh, I think you might see some movement there. Um, the Ottawa Senators are rumored to be for sale, and um, I think they do have a buyer now. But, you know, who knows? Other teams do come up for sale, and uh, maybe if it's in a minority stake, but we'll see. Um, and I, I think another thing that's maybe not talked about as much but would be maybe an Internet breaker, I mean, definitely break social media, would be if Jordan bought the Los Angeles Angels. This is a franchise that was rumored to be for sale, uh, but then um, Artie Moreno, the owner, uh, took it back. Uh, the Angels are valued at $2.7 billion. Being that they're in Southern California, so much potential. Who knows what's going to happen with Shohei Otani and Mike Trout is signed for you know quite a bit of time. We'll see. But um, talk about a lot of potential. If Jordan were to get involved with that, um, I think uh, would be a very exciting time for that franchise. So we'll sort of see how that plays out. Uh, I Again, I think the Angels would sell for over $3 billion. I think that would be clear. Um, you know, the Dodgers sold for, I think it was $2.35 billion back in 2012. Um, and we're talking about, you know, 11 years later now. 
So we'll see. Now, look, needless to say, this is all guesswork. We have no clue what Michael's investment strategy is going to be, but I think it's going to be very interesting um, as to where he decides to invest. Um, you know, he's more than doubled his net worth. Uh, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how this plays, how this plays out. You know, he's made a great, great reputation as an athlete, as an investor, as an ambassador for the game. Um, he's been a great example to sort of the next and current generation of athletes. I mean, how many times you watch television and you see athletes talk about how Michael inspired them. So I think the the commercial of be like Mike, um, you know, is definitely uh, apt for uh, the comparison. So again, it's just wonderful to highlight his efforts. I enjoyed watching him growing up, um, you know, really sort of a, a great athlete. And uh, it's been absolute pleasure to, uh, to be able to watch him, but, um, we'll sort of see where he goes. Um, he's had some great successes at this point. I think sort of next for him will be to bring a, a championship to professional sports franchise. So we'll see, we'll see how that plays out. But, uh, again, folks, thanks for listening in. This is Jeremy Evans, your host of the California sports lawyer podcast. This week, we were talking about be like Mike following Michael Jordan's next business move and looking at the potential of where he might go. Uh, when it comes to investments uh, after the sale of the Charlotte Hornets uh, for $3 billion. So uh, we look forward to being back with you next week. As always, appreciate listening in, making us number one sports law podcast in the world. This show has been brought to you by Bet Online, and look forward to being with you very soon. Thank you so much. Mm-hmm.